Talking industry, topical debate from the world of engineering, automation and manufacturing. A DFA Manufacturing Media production. Brought to you by Smart Futures. The latest news from the only online portal dedicated to the future of digitalization. Visit smartfutures.org.uk. Hello and welcome to another Talking Industry podcast. My name is Aaron Blutstein and I'm Managing Editor for Smart Futures Portal and Plant and Works Engineering Magazine. I'm joined today by Sarah Blacksmith, General Manager of Siemens Motion Control Business in the UK. Sarah's career with Siemens spans almost 20 years. She holds a bachelor's degree in manufacturing engineering and management from Loughborough University and a master's in operation excellence from Cranfield University. Sarah, thanks for joining me for this Talking Industry podcast today. Oh, thanks got... for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I'd like to start by finding out a bit more about how you got into, into engineering and your motivations for pursuing an engineering path and, and whether these experiences have shaped your career um, direction as general manager of Siemens Motion Control Business in the UK. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I, I got into the reason I got into engineering. One, my dad's an engineer, um, and so I think that influenced me. Uh, incidentally, my I'm a twin, and my sister uh, has gone into healthcare, so she's a physio, and my mum is a midwife, so or was a midwife, but so we've sort of gone. Uh, I'll go engineering, and she's gone <laughs> healthcare. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then coupled with that is is probably Formula One. So I really got into F1. Uh, sort of around the time you know Damon Hill was in in the sport and then uh and then I became a Michael Schumacher fan and Ferrari <laughs> fan which seems totally at odds from when they, they were competing together um so yeah I was a huge F1 fan uh and while I was doing A-levels and and so and that I think that then heavily influenced wanting to get into engineering and wanting to get into that industry uh, which which didn't come to pass in the end uh however yeah the, the, my love of F1 one uh, at that time really sort of influenced um, influenced me. It sort of tailored off when the overtaking stopped. I think you know, so I sort of lost love for F one, and I've got back into it now. Um, my husband's really into it, and he, um, yeah, sort of uh, learning all of the new people, uh, like the, the Verstappen name again. I was like, oh, I got it. Verstappen years ago. <laughs> so yeah, sort of getting in, getting back into it all. But um, yeah, and then that that what that's what really got me uh got me choosing to do an engineering degree um so yeah it's uh, influenced that's what influenced me i think did you did you find that um at school you, you were uh, i know obviously you have your, your you know your um your, your family were uh, engineers but did you did you find that uh, it was difficult for you to kind of pursue a career and you know, to pursue a, an interest in engineering or was it something you really you know you, the school encouraged you and and really tried to push you towards no, I can't say that I was encouraged at, at school. No, I wasn't dis discouraged. Yeah. Uh, but I can't say that there was any real presence of people talking about uh, opportunities in manufacturing or engineering uh, roles. So I think that's definitely something I wouldn't necessarily. It's changed today, but I say mm. say it's changed today. But um, I think the, the awareness of needing to get into schools is definitely um, there, and, and companies recognizing that they need to do their part of. Uh, certainly with local schools you know to find to encourage people and see like what actually is available because there are so many great opportunities and 
the you know because we have a massive shortage yeah, of, yeah. of skilled engineers in in this industry in this country uh, so i think and it's just getting to kids as young as possible to when they're being influenced uh, i went to a, the northwest aerospace alliance sort of launch for their watchtower program last week and um one of the things that one of the ladies was talking about was saying yeah you really we really need to get into talking to kids as young as possible because they're influenced probably from seven onwards that mm -hmm. that's the time when they're thinking oh yeah career in you know xyz is is what's what's gonna what i'm interested in so and that was really surprising to me i was like you know thinking you know you think gcse age don't you when people mm. are going to the careers uh, uh yeah. departments and sort of trying to figure out but actually uh this, this lady that that was talking representing i think one of the local leps but saying actually it's you know from age seven uh, onwards that you need to be talking or we as you know an industry need to be talking to to, to kids and really influencing uh letting them know what a great great career it can be um so yeah i i didn't really experience that but uh i think that's definitely what we need to be doing yeah. getting into yeah. schools and really showing them why we're all passionate about the industry I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're a high profile in, um, person in engineering and you know, a real role model for for um, uh, especially girls wanting to pursue an, uh, an engineering career. I mean, I have a daughter and you know, I'd love her to have the opportunity to even just have the potentially look at engineering as a career when, yeah. she, when she gets older. But but what would what would you actually say to any girl wanting to pursue an engineering career? You know, uh, I'm, I'm maybe not seven years old, but, you know, you're getting to the you know the early um uh, you know around about you know 11 12 uh, what, what would you say to that 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 girl to think well i'm not sure i'm sure we all know that um you know we all have different ideas of what we'd like to pursue as a career um what would you say uh i would say you can do anything you want to do you know if you're passionate about something and you've you know found that actually solving problems looking at different technology to solve you know society's problems mm -hmm. is something that you'd be passionate about you like pulling things apart and putting them back together and figuring out how they work the possibilities are endless you know your potential is unknown right now and it is for most of us actually if you put in if you have the right mindset if you really, um, you know, you put the effort in, you um, you gain, you go out and look for the help that you need. Actually, you can do whatever you want. Uh, so go out, do it. And if if engineering and manufacturing happens to be what it is that you're passionate about, then go for it. But if it isn't, go for whatever. Go for whatever makes you happy and and where you can be a really productive and you know member of society and really contribute to all of the challenges that we face at the moment like you know all of the global climate change yeah. etc um so yeah it's yeah potentials unknown if you put the effort in so you can do whatever you want to do so um <laughs> it'd be great if you choose engineering because <laughs> we need you and we want you and we need uh, more diverse work workforce because that again make will make companies and our industry more successful because we'll have lots of different ideas and different ways of looking at things and uh, so it can only be a good thing to have different more um, gender equity in in our industry but also you know people from different cultures and backgrounds will also mm -hmm. be a great is, is a great thing because it again gives us that different way of looking at things that you know we've, we've not necessarily got in in all areas today because we know we've we've got more opportunity all the time to be more diverse
So, yeah. what, what, so what would you say, you know, what can be done to help uh, encourage more women into engineering? I mean, not necessarily just women, I suppose, and it's, it, it's, it's any, anyone into engineering, but especially, especially women, because I think it is, it is difficult um, to encourage uh, girls at an early age to get into the subject. I think uh, shining a light on what people are doing. So mm. I would shout out to a lady called Simone Roche, uh, who who started the Northern Power Women, uh, and that shines a light on you know women from all different sort of industries, uh, and and really showcases what they're doing to make changes or you know being great leaders. Um, and so she's really doing a fantastic job of of really showcasing what mm. uh, women are doing in different industries. So I think there's an opportunity there to to tell stories about what what people are doing within different industries, particularly within with our industry. Uh, and it's great to join to join this um, podcast uh, to, today to discuss it as well. So that is one way of that we're that we're doing that. Um, I think. Uh, showing people what opportunities there are, uh, you know, being that, that it's actually, there are flexible working opportunities in engineering, in manufacturing roles uh, that will, you know, that, that can be flexible to the way that you want to live. There is home working, et cetera, et cetera, you know, different day, like doing a hybrid role. Um, so I think sharing all those different opportunities with women um, is one way of doing it we've mentioned already working with the schools you know maybe having industrial mentors with with companies with women that are already in the industry but might not feel confident enough to go for for example mm -hmm. leadership roles um offering job shadowing so for opportunities for either for women or but for, for anyone you know to see actually is, are these the sort of roles that you would like to do maybe it's for students that could come in and, and see if there's something that they would be interested in doing um so yeah there's a few let me think uh, if i think of others i'll, sure. <laughs> I'll try and think of more I mean, <laughs> but I, we need I, to shout about ourselves don't we, we need to yeah. shout about our industry and, mm -hmm. and that's partly what you're doing which is fantastic uh, and really sh showcasing what our industry in in engineering and manufacturing has to offer for for everybody but particularly for you know there's half of the population there that we might not be really getting to because um we're not we're not showcasing ourselves in the right way um and showing what opportunities there are for for women in flexible that, that offer flexible positions for those that need it do, do you think that if you hadn't had a, a a family background in engineering that you would have been inclined to look at engineering i know um, it's a bit of an awkward no it's, it's a good um i think I think it definitely influenced me going into it because if you say it, you wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have even known about it to think, oh yeah, mm -hmm. an engineering, a role in engineering or a career in engineering would be a good one um, because there just isn't really, or there wasn't any awareness of, of it. Um, and although my F1 bit was probably got that, <laughs> my dad was an F1 fan, so maybe I would have still been like, oh my God, I really want to get into F1. That's really interesting. <laughs> so maybe I would still have, still have gone for it. Uh, but if, if I wasn't look, you know, if I didn't have those two things for definite, I, there was, there was definitely nothing at school that would have pointed me in that direction of thinking, mm -hmm. actually, this, here's a great 
there's a great career to be had or multiple different types of careers to be had in in the engineering and manufacturing fields that uh you know there are and there's just so many opportunities that people can have and yeah. we need to make we need to shout we need to shout about the industry uh um even more than than what we're doing now are, are you starting to see any changes i mean within your own company within the broader field I think we're definitely so uh, the where I where I just came from I moved over to the Manchester sales side of the business but where I, I was working for the last 10 years was in our digital industries Congleton factory where we make mm -hmm. variable speed drives uh, and half of our engineering team now are actually female which is fantastic we've got our first uh, ever female engineering team leader Ashley Sumner uh, Ashley Lawton now she's married um, mm -hmm. so shout out to Ashley Lawton so she uh, started in that position earlier this year uh, and and so I think we we've definitely started to make inroads and also shout out to Ash Smith who was uh, the engineering sort of manager at the time and he has really pushed for a gender diverse um, engineering team and really uh, sort of got us to the point where we're where we're at today in Congleton of having yeah, 50% of the, the engineering team's female uh, is a fantastic step forward, I think. This Talking Industry episode is brought to you by Smart Futures, the latest news from the only online portal dedicated to the future of digitalization. Visit smartfutures.org.uk. Have you have you found that um, there's been many obstacles in in your career that have that you, you maybe think were directly um, because you were a woman, or or is it you know or is, is that fair to say or, or not really? Um, I mean, I, I haven't I haven't got kids, so I, I can't talk for women that that do have children and probably experience a lot more of a challenge of. When they when they leave the workforce to go on maternity leave and, and then you know have that extended period off and then come back and what challenges they face i'm sure that there are lots of challenges faced by women or have been in the past of when when they're coming back off maternity and trying to get back into work um must be really really difficult um i i can't say that i've experienced massive challenges i've, I've experienced different behaviors where people have been you know where you're not necessarily made to feel totally included mm -hmm. uh i was i always remember i was in germany one time and i, I won't say who it was um but i it, it was a one of the leaders in in germany and there was a lot of other people sat around the table all male and it was just it was a meal in the evening everyone was in this massive room uh and a senior leader came and shook everyone's hands and didn't shake my hand and i was like oh. <laughs> and it, i don't know who he and this isn't an excuse either, but I don't know if he thought like, oh, this is someone's PA. And and to me, that wouldn't be excusable anyway, because why wouldn't yeah. you just be a decent human being and shake that person's hand as yeah, well? Um, but that made me feel, and I remember it, and it's only like, that's not a big thing I know in the grand scheme of how thick people have definitely will have been impacted by, um, you know, people not doing the right thing. Um, but that, yeah, it just made you feel totally excluded. Mm. Cause it's like, what, why, why do you need to do that? Like, why would you even just not as a normal person think, yeah. oh, I'll greet everybody. Um, so yeah, that's, that really stuck, stuck with me because yeah, I just thought it was really, it, it said a lot about his thoughts of, 
of women I suppose um, it's a, a changing culture that it's, yeah. uh, it that it takes um it, it does take some time of, uh, by the looks of it <laughs> yeah yeah I mean and that was a few years ago so that's definitely not um what I'd say the leadership is is now for sure you know this was yeah quite a while ago probably five or six years ago yeah. um but yeah so it's things like that where you experience um yeah, people just you just you know either getting talked over in meetings and and things like that but actually what we've done in when i was in congleton and we do it in the, the under brian holiday who's my new boss in mm -hmm. in manchester that if somebody if somebody is spoken of because a lot of times everyone's just talking to talk aren't they they're not they're not listening <laughs> uh, and they just you know he's itching you're listening to talk because you just want to get your point back across yeah uh that if people do cut across we, we call them out on it in a nice way so, you know just one second i don't such and such was talking so we just finished that point and mm -hmm. it's just having that um culture where you, you all agree that actually you will you're empowered to actually to call people out on stuff like that because mm -hmm. it's not just women they get talked over by any stretch no. <laughs> um uh, you know and I, I think yeah people are so itching to get their point across that they don't realize you just cut across somebody there and you just you know you're trying to get to talk too much instead of listening to what this person's actually talking about first put your hand up if it's on teams or in real life <laughs> and, and you can definitely have a have your thoughts on it but just give everyone the chance to speak as well um yeah. making sure that you spot when people um people are wanting to speak and probably start and then think oh no i won't say anything or oh, actually have you, did you want to say something there yeah and make sure that you give everyone the opportunity to to do a round robin at the end and and just really make it we also switch um chair as well which i think is a good thing because you get a different way sometimes of doing things um and you give and that person is empowered also to call out uh where they're not necessarily seeing the right behaviors or um that, that some you know just oh do you realize you're doing that we just wait one second like and you, you then start to put the focus on on doing mm -hmm. that and everyone's accepting accepting of it and that empowers you to call things out in a nice way because everyone's signed up for it then so uh i think that's that's been quite a good thing that we've um we've definitely done in manchester and congleton which has has helped um i think i'd help call I, out those behaviors i think i definitely agree with you about not sometimes not being able to get a word <laughs> when you <laughs> especially on zoom and zoom and teams you know you you have that little hand there that think please can i <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes people ignore that don't they and i have to say oh can we just wait one second they've they've had their hand up let's let's do that and then you know and you come we'll come back to you one second just put your hand up and we'll, we'll make sure that you get to talk as well and <laughs> but it's having having that confidence isn't it to to say oh just one second because people butt in and and they just ignore the fact that someone's got their hand up and you're actually exactly, like exactly yeah <laughs> sure your point's really important as well and we'll get to it like, let's just let everyone have a have a something to say <laughs> but if, if i can just quickly move on to your um i mean you're now responsible for for growing siemens uk motion control division what do you hope to actually achieve in your new role yeah, so well, I, I want to work together with that with the new team um, that I've got is, to grow the business uh, is, is is our main main aim. Um, I, I want to do that in line with adding 
showing what value we in our motion control business unit offer as as a part of the whole digital digital industries offering that Siemens mm-hmm. has so not just selling you know variable speed drives and, and motors and our machine tool software but actually saying well what's the value of that as part of the whole portfolio that Siemens offers um linked in around the benefits of digitalization um and and really sort of um yeah, sort of showing actually we've got, yeah, we have opportunities with our hardware to reduce your energy, you know, by controlling your motors, etc. But actually, as part of this wider portfolio, you know, there's a lot more opportunities that your business could take advantage of uh, to, you know, reduce energy um, consumption, to um, improve your productivity, to make you more competitive overall, which is, you know, what we all want. We want UK manufacturing to remain in the UK. Um, mm. And so that we can all be successful together uh, and and ultimately more sustainable as well, because that's really important um, part of everyone's agenda at the moment, I think. And, it, you know, regardless of the the energy price and the costs, it's also the right thing to do. Um, and, and we'd had a massive focus on that in, in Congleton and, and Andrew Peters had really, who's the MD at Congleton, really led the way in terms of uh, achieving net zero this year. Um, so eight years ahead of the Siemens global yeah. target of 2030 yeah. so um, I think it's practicing what we're preaching as, as well as, as you know within Siemens that I'm makes me really proud of, of working for, for Siemens in the UK but Siemens globally <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, what, what, what challenges are you currently facing within your, within your role? Yeah um, so, so deliveries will be is probably one of the main things, if not the main thing that we're we're challenged with at the moment. And I, for one, know the challenges of the factories, mm. uh, of of being able with all of the the global crises that we've got going on, whether it be a lockdown in China or Shanghai or you know the Ukraine uh, Russia war or you know just managing to get people into the factories to be able to build um, more product, um, but yeah, the, the challenges of the global supply chain um, is being faced by everybody. Uh, mm. We are de- definitely being impacted by that. I think we've been really open um, with our customers in terms of the challenges of the lead times that, that we have. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's about trying to recover that as quickly as possible, get the backlogs down in our factories and, and really try and reduce the lead times as quickly as possible to to, to get back to a more normal um, lead time would is definitely one of the aims that, that all of our factories have. From from my side in the in the actual GBNI region, it's it's about working with our customers, you know, working with the factories to to make sure we're communicating as best as we possibly can, um, and being upfront with what the the challenges are in terms of the lead times and but what what are we doing to try to bring those down because we are definitely working as hard as we can to to reduce lead times as quickly as we possibly can um and so yeah managing the delivery challenges is probably one of the biggest problems um that i'm working on at, at the moment uh and making sorry go no, no 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 i was just gonna say do you see an end in sight to that or is it something which uh, is something you're just gonna have to learn to live with and and over over the next few years, it will hopefully sort itself out. I think. Well, it, it depends on obviously what the order yeah, we take continues to do. Absolutely. But yeah, I think. Um, I, I think in the short term, 
we're going to still have these challenges with with the longer lead times um we, we've got quite as lots of companies will that we've got a lot of really high order intake which has meant in turn you know we've got a backlog of of orders on our factories um but i know that they are working really hard to try to increase capacity uh, they're working really closely with suppliers to try to increase supply of components so that hopefully you know we'll get the supply of parts in uplifted we'll have the uplifted capacity in the factory to then be able to reduce the backlog as quickly as we possibly can but yeah i, I see certainly in the short term it's it, it would definitely be a challenge to to you know to say yeah, we definitely the lead times are going to reduce drastically um, mm. because we, we have got the challenge of, of the global supply chain um, that, that's both components coming and, and in terms of increasing capacity actually requires a lot of the components and a lot of you know parts uh, you know if you think test systems to be able to test drives that requires other drives you know in, in the panels etc so it's yeah it's certainly challenging to um uh, on multiple fronts isn't it but i guess you hear that from from lots of different people but we are doing as much as we possibly can to try to to mitigate the problems and, and try and increase capacity um as quickly as we possibly can when we get then more supply of parts we can build as quickly as possible but you're yeah. still enjoying the um uh, the role <laughs> yeah yeah no, definitely i think well i get a lot more opportunity to talk to customers uh, and ho hopefully be able to see it from their point of view as well, because having come from a manufacturing background, I know the challenges that all manufacturers face, you know, the challenges of remaining productive, keeping people yeah. engaged uh, whilst trying to get products uh, out the door is, is, is a challenging one. So I feel for everyone, <laughs> all the manufacturers in the UK and globally as to what a fantastic job that they all do, but, and, and how difficult it is to, to do that in, in the current environment. So, yeah. Is, is there any, um, any project that you're particularly proud of since you started your new, your new role? Um, I've probably not been in the new role long enough to have uh, to have done something, okay. but certainly in in just at the back end of last year, something mm. that I'm really proud of was that we were awarded as part of a global team the Verna von Siemens Global Award, uh, and that was for being part of um, a project that was called Lean Digital Factory. So it was all around um, digitalizing and automating as much as where it makes sense our our factory. So from a Congleton point of view. Um, we were focused on you know advanced manufacturing technologies looking at automation robotics three you know 3d printing um and seeing where it made sense how that could help us become more productive and more competitive um and then similarly from a digital side so obviously from a Siemens point of view we use Siemens uh, PLM software um, but some of those were around uh, the di uh, discrete event simulation um, things that either enabled us to identify opportunities for productivity or enabled us to deliver them quicker so um, using uh, 3D modeling to be able to get the operators in in a virtual world to identify things that enabled us to deliver productivity quicker onto the shop floor. So it was a, it was a combination of yeah the, the manufacturing technologies and the digital tools. Uh, yeah. And so I was really proud. I mean, and that was a long project. It was, you know, the period <laughs> like it was four or five years in the making, but it was really great to be part of that um, global team uh, and yeah, really 
make sure that we were competitive. Again, it comes back to remaining competitive for us in the UK as a UK factory, making sure that we can keep our factory in Congleton for generations to come because there are generations of families that work there and mm -hmm. everyone loves working there. And, and it's, it, you know, that, that's, that was always our aim as the senior management team. Um, keep that factory there for generations to come, keep us competitive um, and yeah, keep the great culture and it being a great place to work. So yeah, particularly it proud like of that one. A, it sounds like you have a real enthusiasm for the, for your past role and for the, and for the future. I think you're-, you're Yeah, you, all got... things manufacturing <laughs> and engineering. I'm all in, I'm all in, I love it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, unfortunately time's running out. So I'd just like to ask you one final question. Um, just what your hopes are for the U for UK manufacturing and over the next five years or so? I, I hope that we increase uh, our manufacturing footprint in the UK, that we continue to, that we support that the UK government works together with companies, you know, businesses like, um, or bodies like Make UK to make sure that we can be as competitive as possible, that the support structure is in place. Um, you know, things like being able to roll out Made Smarter programs so mm -hmm. that we can adopt, uh, or that, you know, manufacturers can adopt the digital tools and the automation tools as quickly as possible um, so that we remain competitive. We, we keep manufacturing in the UK, we keep, uh, we remain productive um, or we increase our productivity because that's one of the things that, that we definitely got an opportunity to improve uh, and, and that we do it as sustainably as possible. So, um, yeah, hope that that would be my hope. <laughs> Competitive, productive, and sustainable, definitely. But yeah, all of us working together to shout mm -hmm. out how great our industry is, and and how you know how great it would be if we could actually bring more manufacturing back to the UK, um, which definitely be my hope. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'll have the opportunity to ask you uh, in another podcast over the next few years. How yeah that'd be ace <laughs> oh no thanks so much for having me on it's it's no, yeah i love no. i love talking about all this all, all things manufacturing and i can hear it i can hear it <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for your time and and good luck for all your projects in your in your new role and um i hopefully speak to you very soon thank you very much for having me thanks this talking industry episode is brought to you by smart futures the latest news from the only online portal dedicated to the future of digitalisation. Visit smartfutures.org.uk Thank you for listening to Talking Industry. Stay tuned across all podcast apps, follow us on social, subscribe to our newsletters and keep up to date at talkingindustry.org.